0: Welcome to Living a Full Life Podcast. Join us as we explore health topics that encourage raising healthy children, living a healthy life, and living the best life possible. Now, here's your host. Hey everyone, welcome to another podcast of Living a Full Life. I'm your host, Dr. Enrico Dolcecori, and I have a very, very special guest this week with us, uh, Dr. Jack Wolfson. He's uh, the natural the the natural health, the natural heart doctor. I did it. We practiced it. I still did it. The natural heart doctor. You can reach him at thenaturalheartdoctor.com, but uh, I've been following him for a few years. He is probably the most uh, open-minded cardiologist in America. And I highly encourage you to follow him as well. Uh, We got some big questions going on, but Jack, you take it away. Tell us about what you do, how you influence your patients and uh, some of your tips.
1: Yeah, most certainly. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And I guess you can call me a heart doctor. You can call me a health doctor. It's all kind of synonymous. You know, listen, uh, us, us medical doctors, if you will, we're really good at putting labels on people, right? Someone's got cancer, someone's got diabetes, someone's got coronary artery disease or dementia or whatever it is. Uh, But again, it all comes from the same causes. So as we kind of fix heart stuff, we fix everything else, you know, along with it. And it all started for me, really, is that my father was a cardiologist. I became a cardiologist after 10 years of medical training. And then three years into the job, I meet this uh, young woman, and she is a doctor of chiropractic. And she tells me that... Uh, uh, my the pharmaceuticals that I'm doing are are injuring people and killing people and the surgical procedures are worthless. And then she says, basically, my whole profession is a sham. And I, uh, most, you know, of course, doctors would run, ar- you know, run away from that person. And I like to say, I stood there and listened because number one, uh, this woman was smoking hot. And number two, uh, what she had to say made perfect sense. The, the hospital system, again, it's a revolving door of sickness. Someone has a heart attack, they come in, we put in a stamp, we send them out on pharmaceuticals, they come back in, another heart attack, pharma complications, whatever it is. And then I saw sickness in my own family. I saw my father dying of a rare Parkinson's-like illness. And the Mayo Clinic has no idea why And this 29-year-old chiropractor, she's got all the reasons why my father's sick and dying. What she said again made total sense and she is beautiful. And we were engaged about three months later and everything she said to me, I started to work on. And I guess to wrap this up, you know, Dr. Enrico is that she told me again, I needed to become a DC. I said, what? You want me to become a chiropractor? I just spent 10 years of medical training becoming a cardiologist. And she said, no, not DC doctor of chiropractic, DC doctor of cause. You need to become a doctor of cause. And that's how you're really going to help people. And that's what I did.
0: That's, that's great. Yeah, I've heard that story. And uh, our listeners are going to appreciate that because uh, they've been to the cardiologist, they've been to the neur- neurologist, they've been to the orthopedic surgeons, and they all end up coming back before pulling the trigger on medicine, which I'm grateful for because it gives us an opportunity to help them which is uh very amazing. And I listened to my patient base as well. And some of the questions that they have and what, if, if they were to sit in front of you and ask you questions, I think these would be the most important ones that they would ask you is, you know, preventative cardiovascular health. When you Google, when you go to Dr. Google, you get a lot of mix match information and uh, really to, to decipher what's the truth really is out there. If you living it and encouraging people to live healthy, through cardiovascular health what are probably maybe we can finish up with the top three things people can do but the biggest questions are when it comes to prevention what do you tell the basic people that come into your office
1: yeah I think you know once again there's a time and a place for modern medicine of course You know, cardiologists and emergency room doctors and orthopedic surgeons, they're really good in the emergency situation. So, again, someone, if you're in the midst of a heart attack, you go to an emergency room. If you're in a trauma, you go to a trauma center. But when it comes to prevention, mainstream medicine really has nothing. They've got nothing to uh, prevent heart attacks, strokes, Uh, They've got nothing to prevent cancer, nothing to prevent diabetes or dementia, and they've got nothing to prevent orthopedic issues. You know, if you went into your traditional medical doctor and you would say, hey, what can I do to prevent osteoarthritis as I get older? What can I do to prevent... Uh, uh degenerative joint disease as I get older. what can I do to prevent uh, injury to my spine you know going forward? And they would look with a total blank stare. but you know again, what we do in the doctor of causation space again, what the chiropractors do, you know what I do again, we talk about the you know the tenets of health and what we need to do and really I think it boils down to a few simple principles. Uh, Number one is eat well, number two is live well, number three is think well. And when we follow that kind of triumvirate, if you will, uh, that's really our success plan. We're eat well, live well, and think well. And I would say inside of live well is, of course, chiropractic. So other things of live well would be getting sunshine, getting good sleep, getting good physical activity or just movement uh, throughout the day, avoiding environmental toxins and chemicals. Getting under the care of a holistic dentist, and then also again, that, you know, chiropractic care is part of that live well process. And I think again, when people embrace that, they're going to live a very, very long time.
0: That's fantastic. I, I love how you brought in dentistry. I wasn't going to, I wasn't even going to cross that bridge yet. But how much our oral health really affects our cardiovascular health. Uh, my grandfather, you know, was born in the in the twenties and. He had scarlet fever and all that, and the heart complications from that later on. So we know that oral health plays a big role in that too. So yeah, it's a whole trifecta. So the biggest one, the biggest question I get even as a chiropractor in my office, and because we talk about the the triad that you brought up, uh, think well, eat well. and and be well is the, um, what diet should I eat? And, And I hate the word diet. And I tell people we don't want to diet anything. We just want to follow a whole food based diet. But from a cardiovascular perspective, what's the go to diet? Because people want information. They want access. They want a book. They want, uh, they want to follow something. They want guidance. They want coaching. And I find that people who want that get greater success, but what's your go to diet? Yeah,
1: you know, when it comes to, you know, this eat well, uh, you know, part of it, and I want to say this eat well is no more important than the live well or the think well. There's so much debate and conversation about eat well, that's like the sexy topic. But again, it's, it's no more important than all the things we talked about inside of living well and then all the different things that go along with thinking well. But to answer your question, Me personally, I wrote the book, The Paleo Cardiologist. It's free, free, uh, just pay shipping for anyone who's interested at freeheartbook.com, where you'll get that book for free. And it's called The Paleo uh, Cardiologist, where we talk about paleo nutrition and also the paleo lifestyle in order to achieve the 100-year heart. But when it comes to nutrition, ultimately what I tell people, number one, no matter what diet or whatever you're eating, just make it organic. Get the chemicals out of your food, the artificial colors, the artificial sweeteners, the artificial flavors. Get that out of your diet. When you go organic, you're avoiding GMOs. You're limiting your consumption of pesticides and other synthetic materials. So if you like ice cream, eat organic ice cream. If you like chocolate, eat organic chocolate. If you like... Uh, um, you know, pecan pie. Just get an organic uh, pecan pie. Use organic ingredients. That way, you get everything that you love, and therefore you avoid the things you should not be consuming. Number two, I recommend people eat a lot of seafood, wild seafood, wild salmon, sardines, anchovies, uh, clams, oysters, shrimp, lobster, crab. All seafood is the healthiest food on the planet. That's number two. So you eat a lot of seafood. And then number three. When we eat nose-to-tail animals like bison or, or cattle, uh, uh, chicken, other poultry, uh, even even pork, we, if we do the consumption of healthy animals, we get all that benefit as well. There is nothing more nutrient dense than an animal liver than a bison liver, a cow liver. There's no more better. There's no better source of all the vitamins, all the minerals, all the essential proteins and fats than those foods. So if we stick with those three things, I think we're in a fantastic place. And if we focus on those, then the other things kind of tend to get minimized. If we're eating a lot of seafood and we're eating a lot of nose to tail uh, nutrition, and I'll throw eggs into that category as well, there's not much place for junk food. There's not much place for uh, pancakes or grains uh, or again, other synthetic and unnatural foods. So focus on the good things to eat and make sure you get those before you would have any digressions into the stuff you shouldn't be eating.
0: Love it. And you didn't name any diets. I See, that's that's what I love about this is that there really is no magical bullet here. It's that what comes from the earth is what we're supposed to be eating. So thank, that's great. And I don't think it's a surprise to anyone, but you gave three great things, and I'll sum them up at the, at the end here. Um, what kind of exercise? That's the next one. I mean, when it comes to cardiovascular health, everyone thinks they have to join the Iron Man and, uh, and do that.
1: Well you know you know when it comes to you know physical activity right when you say the word exercise somebody's blood pressure goes up or they think about you know like they, they get stressed out just by that word so i try and limit the word Uh, limit the usage of of the word uh, exercise. Of course it is in the common lexicon and it is what people understand. But even if we kind of say, well, physical activity or even just movement, you know. so I'm standing right now, I'm at my standing desk and I'm moving uh, around. Uh, The movement of going outside, even just going for a walk, going for a hike, going for a bike ride. So just the movement activity of what our ancestors used to do, they were always moving. Now we're always sitting, we're always sitting in a chair, we're sitting in a chair at a desk, uh, at a table while we're eating, we're sitting while we're driving. It's just so much sitting that's going on that we want to just focus on that movement. Understandable, listen, sometimes we have to sit and that's okay, but if we focus on the movement, and what I like to tell people, Doc, is you know put it into your, uh, your calendar where you get these reminders throughout your day to get up and to move. So for example, say you know you have lunch at, you know, typically noon, well, can you get out for at 11:30 and go for a walk? Depending on where you're at, this time of year, northern hemisphere, it is cold. You know, if you're in Chicago, if you're in Minneapolis, if you're in Boston, if you're in Seattle, again, just put on the right clothes and get outside and be active preferably in the sun. That's the way to do it. The most evidence really comes for what's called high intensity interval training, where you kind of like you know run up the mountain and then come slowly down the mountain. That's really again this kind of interval activity, uh, but uh, movement uh, using your body weight for physical activity. That's all. That's all great.
0: That is great, and that's where we tell our patients too. I mean, to join a gym or join a program right away, we're we're just programmed into this. And as a chiropractor, you know, I want to tell them wait. That's a big. That's a big leap. I, I don't think you. You've been sitting for ten years. CrossFit is probably not a good idea to sign up for on Monday, but they're just programmed to go and do that. And from an injury prevention standpoint, you know, I try and guide them in the right direction. So you put it very well. Just get up and move. I mean, there's studies out there that show you sitting is worse than smoking, and some physiological statistics that come out of that. So yeah, get up and move. Love that. Just make time to move. All these apps now in our phones and our watches are all doing it. It's programmed in there. If you have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, it tells you to get up and move, and there's a reason for that. Uh, that's great. And, and I they, think if
1: you, you know, I think also, you know, if you do, if you were to go do CrossFit, it's like okay, just and again, whatever activity you're going to do, just start slowly. You don't want to, you know, I'm 52 years old. I'm not going to join a CrossFit and then try and compete with the 25-year-olds who are in there. Like, I'm going to go in there and just do my things. I'm not going to try and lift things that I shouldn't be lifting or do things that I'm not going to be, you know, that I'm not accustomed to doing. Whatever your activity is, the key really is to start slow. Where we find people get into trouble, it's like the 50-year-old guy who played high school football, you know, 30-plus years ago. He hasn't done anything since. He comes out to Arizona, for example, and he tries to hike up a mountain, and he drops dead, again, because he's just not prepared for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's that too, where we just push the limits. Um, and and then, you know, the cardio cardiovascular questions is what else can I do? People always want to do more And you just told them all they have to do is a little bit of everything. Um, What are other things that you see? I mean, go through some of the crazy stuff. Every time I meet you, you know, there's five minutes of a talk somewhere in a lobby or something. And you give me a crazy story about occlusion of an artery or the statistics in cardiovascular health and uh, cardiology that we have been blindfolded on as society thinking that, oh, as long as I I have clean valves, I'll be fine. Or as long as I... uh, Ah, uh, drink a little bit of alcohol. It'll clean, you know, clean me out. You know, stupid little things that we've been taught. Uh, what are the big ones that you know always wows people when you tell them?
1: Well, you know, again, like the most, um, uh, the best-selling drug of all time is Lipitor, or the generic version of atorvastatin. It's the number one drug uh, in revenue uh, of all time, and the statin drugs in a class blow away the revenue from all other pharmaceuticals. And the reality is, is that statin drugs have very little benefit, according to their studies, again, that they produce and publish. And then actually, there are statin drug trials that actually show that more people die when they consume statin drugs. So one of the original studies was actually called AFCAPS caps caps and that showed more people died in the statin group. There was a study released in uh, 2017 in the journal of the American Medical Association called All Hat LLC, and again that was pre- that was in the journal the American Medical Association, one of the biggest medical journals in the world, and they found that people over 65 who took statin drugs more of them died than those who took the placebo, and then it was reported in 2020 where the the study was called Sparkle S P A R C L, and that study showed that the People who took statin drugs were more likely to die than those who got the placebo. So ultimately, again, that is just one of the biggest tragedies is the statin drugs, obviously the side effects of statin drugs, but that false sense of security. You take a big population of people, and they think they can eat whatever they want, live however they want, take a statin drug, and they'll be fine, and that's not true. And unfortunately, that philosophy and that mindset has led to Ultimately, millions of people dying prematurely because they followed that kind of mindset.
0: Yeah, bingo. And, and you, you've summed that up greatly. I was going to say, you know, is it the drugs not working or is it people not changing their lifestyle? And you, you answered it. It's uh, we got to change what we're doing, otherwise, the outcomes are always going to be the same. Um, that, that's great there. You got a big event coming up here in February that I encourage a lot of people to go to. You know, your path to the 100 year heart. That sounds super. I'm going to be there. That's fantastic. And um, tell us a little bit more about that and why you have these events going on and what you uh, hope to get out of these.
1: Well, I mean, as you know, uh, and the reason why you have this podcast and why I'm on your podcast is to get the truth out of the people, the truth about health and wellness. You're not going to hear this from your traditional medical doctor. Medical doctor visits are very short. And that's a good thing because the medical doctor has nothing to say during that visit when... when they determine your issue is high blood pressure, well, their response is a pharmaceutical that leads to a very short visit, but unfortunately millions of people die because of the medical uh, model that is solely controlled by the pharmaceutical industry. Again, if we were, you know, 150 years ago, 125 years ago before farm, you know, pharmaceuticals um, everybody would be seeing a holistic practitioner like you and I, that's all that there was. But then the the industry really started by the rockefellers and how the rockefellers co-opted the medical training and essentially got rid of a lot of holistic uh training facilities and promoted the only md model that was controlled by big pharma and that unfortunately has led to millions of deaths so what we do is we try and shout it from the rooftops hey there's a better way. There is a path to the, the you know, to your 100 year hearts, and that's why we created this event. We've got over 35 healthcare practitioners who I, who myself and my associate, uh, Doctor, Doctor Lauren Latanza, uh, interview, and we just kind of break it all down for you. And there's a lot of fantastic health information in there. Again, for anybody who is concerned about cardiovascular disease, who are is suffering from cardiovascular disease where someone in their family is suffering from cardiovascular disease, getting the truth about health and wellness out there. We've got a bunch of chiropractors who are amongst the over 30 plus people who we interview. And chiropractic in and of itself is how that relates to heart health. Uh, And then also just kind of what I would say is the chiropractic uh, philosophy and the chiropractic mindset that includes that whole thing of eat well, live well, think well. That's all built into the program, totally free. And uh, we're going to continue to save millions of lives by by getting the truth out there.
0: That's great. Thanks for thanks for doing it again. It's the your path. To the 100 year heart. So that's, I encourage you to Google that, find it, and then naturalheartdoctor.com. Uh, the supplements, you know, that's a big thing uh, as well. We try and guide people with good supplements. You have some great protocols there too. I actually encourage you as a listener, if you're going to uh, d- dig into uh, Jack's work, is actually get a consult with him. I know he's based out of, I think you're in Arizona, but he's a virtual doctor, and I don't know how many patients you're taking. But, anyways, if you can get in with him and his group, That's the best way to get supplementation and get the right kits for you because just grabbing stuff off the shelf at Walmart, I'm not a big advocate of that and not everyone needs the same dose of the same stuff every single day. It it all depends on what stage of life you're in, what you're doing. Uh, So supplements is a big one and I avoided it on this podcast because it's a completely different podcast. But when... um, when, what is your most popular kit for people for preventative health? I'm not talking about diseases or or strictly any, any particular program, but what is the preventative supplements that everyone should be taking on a daily basis?
1: Yeah. You know, it's uh, it really kind of extends from that eat well, live well, think well, and then we get into tests, don't guess. So we do the most advanced testing in the world that the medical doctors could even dream of. Again, just looking at intracellular vitamins and minerals and looking at intracellular glutathione and CoQ10, measuring markers of inflammation and oxidative stress and uh, leaky gut, gluten and wheat sensitivity, looking for mold mycotoxins uh, in the individual person and in their home, looking for other environmental toxins and circling back to that mold story. I mean, please, if you're listening and you've got any kind of health concerns whatsoever, Please make sure that you personally are tested for mold. Your home is tested for mold. It will save the life of yourself and someone who you love and your pets. You know, for that matter, you know, I know, you know, Dr. Enrico, you're based in, in Florida. And again, mold is a problem there, but mold is a problem in Arizona, uh, Colorado. Mold's a problem anywhere. Wherever there's water, uh, there is uh, uh, you know, the potential for mold. Wherever water you know, damage occurs, mold grows and those toxins lead it to sickness. And it's really catastrophic. But ultimately, when you use the test, don't guess, then you can really dial in what supplements are necessary for people. People need supplements because the air, the water, the soil, it's all polluted. Our food system is all depleted. And let's face it, you know, for the first 35 years of my life, I certainly was uh, uh, no angel when it came to eating well, living well, and thinking well. I got a lot of catching up to do. So evidence-based supplements can provide benefits. And again, we may be talking about probiotics, we may be talking about a good multivitamin, maybe we may be talking about a good uh, detox, uh, you know, program—we're all being just bombarded by environmental toxins and pollutants, and the aforementioned mold mycotoxins. We need to scrub those things out of our system. And again, when it comes to the supplement space, there are so many different things that we could use. We don't want someone on. 30 different products, but somebody may need three, five, or seven, uh, really depending on kind of, you know, where to meet them. But you also asked about prevention. And, again, there's so many great things to do in that arena. Again, a good multivitamin kind of serves as the foundation. A good functional protein shake mix can serve as a good foundation. A good probiotic can serve as a good foundation. Those are all great strategies. And also, too, you know, we have have a supplement actually called Kickstart My Heart, which is American grass-fed, grass-finished bison liver, and bison heart. So if you're not going to eat those foods, we sell them inside of a capsule. And it's just a fantastic way to get real nutrition from real food, but it's inside of a capsule.
0: There you go. And I love this podcast as we wrap this up because there was no direct answers. And I love that about you. And and because there is no easy way around this stuff. You didn't have a package deal. You didn't tell us to all take vitamin D because that's, you can't, you can't do that. So my wife is in functional medicine. She's a DC. I'm uh, doing chiropractic, but we, we just We just bang our heads against the wall when they come from providers that are giving them box kits. And then the next person that's 30 years older than gets the same box kit. Oh, well, that's okay. That's another podcast for another time. Thank you so much for your time. The five top things I got from you is, you know, eat organic foods. That's number one. Eat seafood to get the proper omega-3s. And then nose-to-tail animals. If you can get your hands on some liver, great if you know how to cook it. My dad's from Italy and my mom's from Greece. We used to have liver as kids. And I remember my friends, nobody wanted to come over for dinner, but we loved it. And we used to eat like cow tongue and liver and and like with lemon juice and it was, and then I was the weird, you know, immigrant kid, but that's okay. And then exercise, you know, just get out there and move. You don't have to join any programs. It's just realize what the issues are of sitting all day and not moving, causing the cardiovascular stagnation. Then in hit, I had something about hit. Thank you so much um thanks for being on the podcast any any way to contact you on social media or just go straight to the naturalheartdoctor.com.
1: yeah yeah we're over at naturalheartdoctor.com we're all over social media naturalheartdoctor.com uh and then of course get a copy of my book free heart book that's a great way to start but again you google me jack wolfson you'll find out uh, all you need to find out and again i appreciate you doc you know for having me on it's an absolute pleasure it's coming up on lunchtime too and you're mentioning kind of these you know greek And, you know, and Italian foods. And again, when I think about, you know, the Greeks and the Italians, they lived on the coast and they knew what good seafood was and they enjoyed it. And I think ultimately that's why, you know, the Mediterranean diet is the most proven and healthiest diet, you know, really as as in existence. I think if we can kind of avoid the grains inside Mediterranean,
0: stick more like hunter gatherer Mediterranean, we're going to live a long time. It's one thing I learned in my life growing up on this part of the world was that how much I do have to limit the grains because it's so influential in our diet here compared to Europe. So every time I used to go back, they're like, what do you, what do you, why is everything a sandwich? I'm like, I don't know. It's what we do. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Thanks so much. We'll catch you around. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Living a Full Life podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.